0: I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. Today it comes from that familiar text on All Saints Sunday from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Let us hear these holy words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We again say a word of greeting this morning to all of you on this All Saints Sunday. It is a very special day in the life of the church when we remember the sacred saints who make up uh, those experiences that we have in our own life of deep and abiding faith. I want to let you know this morning that I am wearing Dr. Jim Argue's stole. Dr. Argue was senior pastor of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church for 24 years. He started our television ministry back in 1966 and the family graciously gave me this stole and I think it is so important and special to wear it on a Sunday like this as we think about the saints of the church and those who have gone before us. We want to say a word of greeting this morning to those in Benton and Ida and Newport as well as those in hospitals and nursing homes across the state. We are thankful for your presence as well. Let us pray. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day. And work your will in our lives. Amen. I have a book in my office entitled Preaching in Hitler's Shadow. I read it several years ago. It's about courageous pastors who during the Second World War in Germany publicly took on Hitler Many of those pastors would suffer greatly as a result. Some were imprisoned, some were tortured, some were killed. One man in particular by the name of Paul Snyder, not a familiar name, but a courageous man, stood up to Hitler continually. Time and time again, Snyder preached being warned by the SS, the Nazis to stop saying what he was saying or he would suffer greatly. He was a man of deep faith and conviction who had a small congregation. But he made a name for himself because he was so outspoken and so vocal in his opposition to all the suffering at the hands of the Nazi people by Jews, those who were physically, emotionally handicapped, And as a result, Schneider himself was placed in prison. He was in a Nazi concentration camp for a period of time, mistreated greatly, and was told that he would die. As a Protestant Lutheran pastor in Germany, he was not following orders like many other Lutheran pastors were who acquiesced to the wishes of the Nazi regime. He refused to do so, and as a result, Paul Schneider was the first Protestant pastor put to death in the Second World War in Germany. Right before he died, he said, I would rather die as a man of faith than live as a cowardly person. When I was serving in my very first church, there was a woman in my congregation by the name of Memphis. She was a dear woman. She was suffering terribly from cancer. So was her husband. So was her one adult child. The three of them lived together in the same house. I used to go visit. It was terribly hot inside of that house. I was miserably uncomfortable when I went to visit because it was so hot, but they were chronically cold as a result of their condition. Every Sunday, Memphis was in church. Every Sunday, she taught Sunday school. Every first Sunday of the month, she baked the communion bread. She clearly suffered physically. It was obvious in looking into her face that the level of pain that she was enduring was staggering. But she was faithful. She was faithful. We've all known those kinds of people who have such faith that they're willing to risk everything to stand up for what they believe in. We've all known those kinds of people, despite the circumstances in which they find themselves in life, the level of pain and difficulty and suffering and heartache, they are still faithful and they are still doing what they have been called to do because they have no choice. It's simply a part of the makeup of who they are. On this All Saints Sunday, it is a time of reflection. It is a time of recollection. A time when we remember those who have gone before us, those who have died in the last year, whose names we will soon read, but also those in our own life, within the life of the church and our own personal lives, who have somehow touched us deeply simply by the way they lived their lives. Facing the challenges that every human being faces, Facing difficulties, going through the routine and the mundane in life, they have somehow been an example to us of what it means to be a part, as the writer of the book of Hebrews says, the great cloud of witnesses. Now, by definition, the cloud of witnesses are those who have been rewarded because of their faithfulness. In the book of Hebrews, that means those who have died, who have gone before us who have been rewarded with eternal life because they have followed Jesus Christ and sought to live like him. Hebrews reminds us that we believe in the one who endured even to the cross, says the writer of Hebrews, the one who sits at the right hand of God. And there are plenty of people we know who because of the way they lived their life, the names that we are going to read in a few moments, they now sit with the one, who we call Lord, as a part of the great cloud of witnesses. Every one of us, in one way or another, I would imagine, if we can reflect on our own lives up to this point in life, have those people whom we have admired greatly, not because of their prowess or their or their level of education, but how they were simply living life, how faithful they were on a daily, continual basis. They may never have stood in the pulpit to preach. They may have never been in the choir singing anthems Sunday after Sunday, but they were faithful in their attendance. They were faithful in their commitment. They were faithful in their trust. And those are the kinds of people whom we honor on this All Saints Sunday, those who have gone before us, who have been something special to us in some way or another. C.S. Lewis said, if you look at history, you will discover that those people who did the most in this life were precisely the people who thought most of the next life, the kind of people who understood that one day they would be rewarded for their faith with an eternal home in the presence of the one who sustains us, who suffered for us, and lives forever now, the great cloud of witnesses is something that we think about with regard to those who have passed on, those who have died, those who are no longer physically in our presence. But if one reads the book of Hebrews, we discover that the cloud of witnesses is also those who are present among us today, those who live in such a way that we recognize that one day she or he will be the one many look back on and say, I wish I could be like. She touched my life deeply by the way she lived. He did so much good, it was obviously part of the makeup of who he was to be a follower of Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews says that we follow the one who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ himself, who was the one who in so many ways endured a whole lot, even to the point of death, says the writer of Hebrews. Hebrews. Now, remember, Jesus didn't have it easy. When Jesus started his ministry, the very first thing that happened to him was that he went to his hometown and he said, after reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, that ancient prophet Isaiah was talking about me. I'm the one who's going to cause the blind to see and the lame to walk. And it was so offensive to his own hometown, they tried to kill him. Now I'm just going to tell you, if I had started my ministry at Pulaski Heights and my first Sunday you all tried to kill me, I wouldn't have a second Sunday. I wouldn't have come back. I get it. I understand. I get the message. Jesus understood who he was despite the fact a lot of people didn't and he kept plugging away. He surrounded himself with a group of disciples that he handpicked who more often than not didn't even know who he was. There is a portion of Scripture where Jesus is teaching, and His own family, Scripture says, His siblings and His mother say, Y'all go get Him. There's something wrong with Him. His own family. Now, we are talking about a Lord who endured much, who was misunderstood. Many people were confused about him, but he never let that stand in the way ultimately of his goal to be who God called him to be fully and completely on behalf of all of us. And our responsibility is to do the same. Despite the obstacles we too face in life, our role is to be faithful, to be committed, to endure to the very end so that we too will be a part of the communion of saints. Those who have gone before us have left behind some kind of legacy, some kind of example, some kind of memory for us. Where are you in your own walk with Jesus Christ? If today were your last day, where would you be in your walk with Christ? What would people say about you? If your name is to be read, and by the way, one day every one of our names will be read, What are the memories people are going to have of you? What kind of legacy have you left behind? What is it about the way you live that is so obvious to other people that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, that you're clearly a part of the communion of saints? Oftentimes it's fascinating to me that when we look back on life, how often we will say, I did that because so-and-so did it that way. They were always a good example to me. I know in my own life, and I'm sure in yours, you've done that as well. And oftentimes people will say, I felt like she was with me. I know she died several years ago, but I felt like she was with me. And the answer is that she is with you. Because the great cloud of witnesses leave behind that legacy, that understanding, that depth of faith that remains with us. It doesn't go away. And on All Saints Sunday, we recall those who have died. We also remind ourselves that for every one of us, we too will die, which means that every day we have is a precious day an opportunity once again to draw into the presence of God and to be an example to other people our children our grandchildren our friends our neighbors our colleagues our coworkers those in the life of the church who sit next to us on sunday morning our responsibility is to stand out not because we're flashy not because we're trying to garner attention but we simply stand out by who we are and what it is we believe. And in the process of doing so, the writer of Hebrews says that we become a part of the communion of saints, the sacred saints. One of the great things about being a part of a church that has a long, rich history is that there are those people who have been around a long, long time who can tell those of us who are rather new about those who have gone before us. We can see it in the facilities We can see it in the lives of people who have benefited from those who have gone before them, who now carry on that tradition of being faithful and committed, of teaching others about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. The communion of saints continues to grow and get bigger and larger and more effective, and more impactful in the world. And it's our responsibility to carry that on for the next generation, who will carry it on for the next generation. One of the things I'm always amazed about is how cooperative the church can be in an uncooperative world. Isn't it amazing to look back and think about what Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church has done in its 110 year history? I mean, look at the facilities around us, look at all the ministries that take place, look at the legacy, look at the tradition, look at the impact. And somewhere along the way, people decided, in order to achieve what it is we want to achieve, we've got to work together. We've got to cooperate. Because if we are all individuals trying to place our agenda above all else, nothing ever gets done in the life of the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. Something happens to us, and we work together. We are unified. And that legacy and that tradition carries on and touches the lives of so many as a result. The cooperation of those who have gone before us is to our benefit today. When I was serving in another church, we were doing an exercise with the staff so that the staff as a whole would get along with each other. We had a lot of squabbling, a lot of bickering, people of different ages, a lot of different agendas, and I said, stop. No more. We got to figure out how to do ministry and do it effectively. So in all of my brilliance, I decided let's take the whole staff to an escape room. Y'all know what an escape room is? <laughs> you put everybody in a room and you say, get out. And you got this amount of time to do it. I never took into consideration that we have a few people that don't like to be in an enclosed space and i also tried to remind people let's get along with each other people who didn't like each other and it was interesting because we when we first went into the space they give you instruction they close the door behind you and they say this is what you do first and that clue will lead you to the next clue that leads you to the next clue and finally leads you to freedom when we first went in there nobody cooperated with anybody else they're all over the place I would say, y'all, look, the whole idea is to do teamwork. Let's get together. Let's make this happen. Everybody doing their own thing, and then people start looking at their watches and going, hmm, that's interesting. What I was smart enough to do was divide the staff into two teams, and whoever won, that is, got out of the escape room first, got a special prize. It was a handwritten note for me, but it was a special <laughs> surprise. So as time started ticking down, the group that I was with started going, wait a minute, wonder where the other side is. And I said, why don't you all try to cooperate? Maybe if you work together, we can do this. And lo and behold, you're not going to believe this. Both groups got out within 30 seconds of each other after being in there for an hour. Somewhere along the way, all of these people who didn't want to have anything to do with each other or were squabbling with one another or who had their own agenda figured out, you know what can happen if we all work together? Amazing things can take place if we cooperate, if we listen. And here's what happens. We escape. We come out on the other side and we congratulate each other by what it is we've done. And there have been those who have gone before us, many who said we may be different ages, different interests, different occupations, but we are going to figure out as the Church of Jesus Christ what to do and how to do it together for the greater good. And we are beneficiaries of that. So we carry on the legacy of the sacred saints those who have gone before us. They have blessed us. They have enriched our lives. They have been a gift to us from God. Hallelujah. Amen.